Hey, coming up on the next episode of Unpolished NBA. If you're just trying too hard to be viral, like that's not a good, that's not a good look. Like at, at this point in time, one can go viral, but that's that like the crying CEO. I actually connected with him. <laughs> Me too. I didn't realize we were connected. I shared this post talking. To, I wasn't even talking about him for real. I was like, let's take this as a learning lesson real quick. And he commented. And we just commented back and forth, all positive, and we connected. So I know how we can talk and go on and on. And many folks that come on Unpolished NBA will stop the record button and then sit here and talk for another hour and a half. Crazy, right? That's how it always goes. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. So that's the good thing about talking to people that you actually like, interested in knowing more about. So I want to welcome you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unpolished MBA podcast. And today I have Walter Gaynor II. Hello, Walter. Hello, hello. And you know how people usually are like, oh, great. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Oh. I actually am really appreciative of this because when I first moved to Atlanta, I was still learning the city, what's going on. And so I was checking out different things on Eventbrite and I came across something related to retail automation. I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. So I went and it was no other than you speaking, <laughs> delivering the talk. So you were literally one of the first like like people I met who were more like a resource in the city. So this is actually a really cool moment for me, full circle. Oh. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like I'm, yeah, I'm like all over the place in Atlanta. It's crazy, but I'm here to support your, I'm always looking forward to those that are interested in being in a space like in tech entrepreneurship or anything related to like the way the world is moving because it's important so that people aren't left behind. And if I can make it seem any more personable or achievable, or if I can make a connection for somebody, that's what I'm gonna do. So I'm so glad. I'm so glad to have met you. Same here. Same here. All right. So I have you on. There's so many things that you're involved in. So you have your own podcast. What's the name of it? Like, what is it about? Yes. I started my own podcast, Boss Locks, launched it in 2020. And it was my first creative project that I fully owned. And I started it to initially to prove that natural hand professionalism do coexist. That show has taken me on this incredible journey to just turning it into a resource for people working while Black, feeling discouraged about their career or interested in entrepreneurship. So that, the title of it, Boss Locks, and it's a spin on like being in business, being a boss and having dreadlocks. Is that right? Exactly it. it uh, I was challenged to find... Black CEOs who have locks and didn't start off in entertainment. Oh, wow. That's a good point. I don't know any. Do you know any now? I do now. When I first started, I, I didn't. In fact, like, so I, in college, follow Gary Vee, love Shark Tank. I used to always tell people, I actually still tell people that I'm working to become in a position to be one of the sharks on Shark Tank, handing out million dollars. Okay. deals and all that stuff. And so my friends, they knew this and everything, and they were talking to me about, we had a conversation about uh, getting started in the career, but having locks and they're like, you probably gonna have to cut it. And I was like, nah. And we we're talking, they kind of challenged me like, yo, you want to be this big time CEO, but can you name anybody who's black 
and runs a company who didn't start off in entertainment, who had locks. And I was like, nah. And then I really thought about it. I was like, the only person I know of is Damon John, for real. <laughs> and like, yeah, lock. he did. Yeah. There's a lot of artists out here who started companies. We look up to them as like leaders and role models, which is cool. But it's also, it's equally as important to know people who become these leaders who didn't start off in these other places, because at least for like my journey, it's a bit more relatable. Absolutely. So you want to be like the first person. I don't even think on Shark Tank they've ever had anybody on the panel who had dreads. Yeah. I don't even think about like the first person with locks on there. But yeah, yeah, most definitely. I want to be in a guest spot. Don't want to do it all the time because mm-hmm. I want to spend most of my time just enjoying life. But definitely want to be called up like, oh, yeah, we need to fill in Shark for today's episode. We need someone with lots of money who could. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so that comes yeah. full circle. I met Damon John last. No. Last year. Yeah, it was October. Him and Magic Johnson, actually, they came to Money 2020 in Las Vegas. Mm. And Damon John went through. I've never seen him quite give a delivery like he did then. But he literally went through his life story in a funny way. It was almost like a classic Toastmasters kind of journey he took us on. And, you know, he shared all of those things that that we're kind of talking about now as far as the hurdles and things he had to go through and he showed pictures (laughs) and all of that stuff and it's just like to see him now he has definitely transformed and he even said like back then he didn't see himself ever like changing who he was even like physical appearance like he really didn't start wearing suits and doing all that stuff until like what maybe 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Like he changed though. Right. As yeah. he, and so you think that's an age thing? Is that a reaching a certain type of financial or status thing? Cause I see everyone do that. That's a good point. Yeah. You're right. Actually. You're right. I, uh, I feel like clothes, like most of the things, it's a part of beauty, but it's also like a kind of a social element as well. And so it could be as simple as you're in different social circles and you gotta, you still want to shine and everything. Cause every time I see Damon John, he, he looks comfortable in the suit. Like he doesn't just wear the suit. Like, he's, it's all custom. <laughs> it fits him just fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I feel like it could be, I feel a lot of people are like, or just feel that when you are in certain areas, you got to dress professional and all these things. But I feel like Damon Johnny is probably just the social circles he's in and not like a pressure to, but it's like, no, I want to shine too. Like, yeah, this is my suit I'm coming with. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah rock a hoodie and he wanted to. <laughs> he probably changed into one on the way to the airport, but uh, while hanging out at Money <laughs> 2020, he definitely played the part. And the good, this is the thing. I, and Magic Johnson, he looked incredible too. There is this guy that I was put into his training when I was first like kind of climbing the corporate ladder per se. So the CEO of my organization was like, and this is kind of what happens. You kind of have a sponsor within an organization and sometimes it's it's unexpected. Like you don't think that they see you, right? And so this CEO saw me and was like, hey, I have this executive training th- program thing I want you to complete. And I think it'll be great for where you're going in your career. And I was still in my 20s, right? So I'm like, okay. And like, this is like this elite thing. All the leaders, all the VPs have been there, but nobody else. Now I wasn't, I was still a regular employee. 
So it was like a big honor that, and this program is expensive. They send you away to these resorts and you like miss a whole week of work, like six times throughout the year. And nobody knows where you are besides people who have done the program before and your boss. And the first day, first week of this program, it was this man named Harvey Coleman that was the kickoff workshop person, right? And we spent two days with him that week, maybe three. Two or three days with him that week. And that is when my eyes opened up to how the world is really structured when we talk about like this topic that you and I is hair, dress, and all of that. And the name of the book is called the it's the game. It's called the organizational, gosh, I can't remember the top of my head, the organizational game. I'll share it in the show notes, but it talks about all of this stuff that I think will be an interesting topic even for your podcast. And he talks about his history of being working at IBM back in the day and being the only black guy. And one day he showed up with a blue shirt and everybody like, why are you on a blue shirt? Because the thing is, you have to wear white shirts. You got to read it. But yeah, I have an autographed copy from him, but it's been a three days with Spending three days with him, I don't even need the book. I know the book by heart (laughs) and I know exactly what's happening when I see it now just because of that insightful information. I love that. That's like part of the inspiration for the podcast was just to kind of highlight some of the things we just don't know because we haven't experienced it yet. We haven't. And our elders don't tell us. Like I, I got, that was, I got lucky with having this CEO like see me and I'm just like professional coming up the ranks. And by the way, after that whole thing, I did end up with a promotion over the team that I was working with. Okay. Um, so, you no, know, I'm just saying some of these things is like, you can't really explain them, but then you read that book, you're like, oh, I see what they did there. One of the right. topics I wanted to kind of bring up, because it's one of the things that's kind of highlighted in the work that you do is like supporting people working while Black, right? Like, so that's the phrase that you use, working while Black. So tell me a little bit more about what, what you mean by that statement and some of the the rhetoric around that. Yeah. So the podcast I started was initially focused on hair, but for the past year and a half, kind of two years, kind of slowly kind of diving deeper into what it is I really want to do. The growth of the Crown Act helped me realize that, okay, there's already people really supporting people with natural hair in the workplaces. So I got to kind of dig a little deeper into what I really, like the impact I really wanted to have. And I realized that going back to my college days, there were a lot of people who were nervous about the job search, graduating from college and entering into the workforce. And I was as well, but on top of just the whole, like any imposter syndrome you might feel or just like, oh, let me make sure I'm answering correctly. I was really, um, I felt a little discouraged about being a black person in an mm. interview with not experience because I was in college, right? And we already know like how a lot of these hiring managers are with like their expectations of candidates. So I wasn't sure how I could navigate as a black person with locks. And I realized it wasn't just the hair, it was just the whole black experience. Like, how do I still be me without conforming, but still navigating professional environments, workplaces, and all of that. So there are a lot of resources on how to get jobs, how to grow in your career, but not as many that were just easily accessible that spoke to the black experience. So mm. I realized that extension to the show, I really wanted to focus in and create resources and a support system for Black people who are feeling discouraged, something that would speak to 
all the nuances, not just microaggressions, but just deep down into like past like trauma that could show up for you in workplaces. Things like like a lot of the advice we get from elders are great advice, but it's really all around surviving and not as much about thriving because thriving was surviving back then. So That's I'm really uh, speaking with people in different leadership positions just to learn about their experiences and the lessons they've learned in trying to not only pass that down, but also create this environment where it's not like a hierarchy. So let's take a moment to thank our biggest sponsor of this podcast, TPM Focus, a strategy and execution consulting firm focused on generating revenue and finding product market fit for startups and small to medium-sized companies that are launching a new innovation or entering a new market. In a nutshell, if you're launching a new innovation or into a new market, we'll align your technology, marketing, sales, and customer success with your financial goals to ensure your company makes money while finding and solidifying your place in the market. It's nothing worse than stepping out there and the money isn't rolling in like you thought it would. And even worse, you're getting random bits of advice from random people and it's all conflicting, causing you confusion. We clear all that up and move you forward. Our customers earn their first millions with our strategies and if they want to raise money from investors, they can because they have traction or they have the option to decide not to because revenue from customers create a healthy business for them anyway. Head over to tpmfocus.com to see testimonials and reach out if you'd like to work with us. Earlier when we were talking, you mentioned trying to get Harvey Coleman on your podcast. And I mentioned that he doesn't engage online or in social media at all and has, you know, very little digital presence. And just wondering your thoughts on that. When I work with people on the content strategy, it's all around being online. But I actually do respect people like make the choice just to not be a part of it because that's a whole game itself. Oh, absolutely. I agree. So when do you think it's a good thing not to engage. Like, for what reasons? For your mental wellness. It's everything people say about social media is true. Like, I am still a fan of it. I love being online, the internet, all of that stuff. But it can take a toll on you, like your expectations of yourself and the pressures you put on yourself as well as you're seeing other people do this and that. Like, oh, I want to do it. It looks so cool. Or, oh, man, they're doing what I want to do. They look like they're doing it better than me. could have this real negative effect on you. Also, if you're just trying too hard to be viral, like, that's not a good, that's not a good look. Like, at, at this point in time, anyone can go viral, but that's... That like the crying CEO? I actually connected with him. <laughs> Me too. I didn't realize we were connected. I shared this post talking. To, I wasn't even talking about him for real. I was like, let's take this as a learning lesson real quick. And he commented. Yeah. And we were just commenting back and forth. All positive. And we connected. And it's like, yeah, that, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. He means well. But I think he's doing something good now. But yo, that was a lot. That was a that lot. That was a lot. So that's why when you said your mental health and all of those things, I'm 100% in agreement with that. I think I come from a perspective where I'm like, when you look at social media, like I actually tweeted something yesterday where I, I literally, it's three words. It says, people be lying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. People be lying. And if you walk into it with that understanding, unless you develop a relationship with someone, you can't take all of that stuff in 
as truth mm-hmm. into heart in comparison. And that's really hard for adults to do. No, and so we can't expect that of children either. That's why I don't think they should be on. But what can we do? Right. Right. That's the world we're in. And it's 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 not good. It's not good. It is not. I was supposed to tweet this, but I never did. So maybe I will after this. But I always feel like in <laughs> what this... people be lying. That's gonna be well. Not favorite. that. Not that. Mine's like a mine's mine's a cousin to that one. So you have that one. I'm gonna follow up with in social in this world. You either use social media or you let it use you. And it doesn't necessarily mean like use it for entrepreneurial purposes. Like you want to use it for entertainment, use it for that. Because like there's a lot of like hilarious, like cool stuff on the internet, but. Even with that, we have to be careful that we're not just becoming drained from it or get fatigued without even realizing it. But whether it's for purpose to grow something or just entertainment, you have to know that you're in control and kind of act that way. I know wellness is one of the one of the topics of of importance to you. Do you have any, I guess, suggestions or advice for our in regards to maintaining good good health and wellness when it comes to, especially when they're trying to build a business or working. In these stressful environments these days. Yeah. I think one that you see everyone talking about because everyone has some type of story or experience with it is uh, burnout. Yeah. And for me, I burn out. I've had to learn this lesson several times. I just can't stop for some reason. But <laughs> I've learned the hard way that I really need to know what my capacity is and truly mm-hmm. respect it, understand it, and be able to communicate it to others, even people who are like supervisors for me several times. And I think a lot of black people probably experience it this way because we want to go above and beyond because that's kind of part of what we've been taught and how we exceed and grow and everything or get respect. But even being able to be resilient, there's only so much you can do yourself. I've definitely have kind of crashed and burned several times in my career and different entrepreneurial pursuits. And so now at this point, knowing my capacity is of true importance and basically it's like knowing how much you can do before you're at your tipping point and i think people kind of always go to like the rim and just a little bit over it but really like we should it's important to understand and notice the signs that Mm -hmm. you are getting close to capacity so that you can kind of correct yourself and uh, maybe step down from things or take things off your plate or the thing you're working on there might be another way to go about it that takes a little less takes less from you that's really good advice. I've experienced burnout with my startup. That's why I stopped with it. And I just <laughs> licensed the technology away. And I'm, I tell people about that because people look at like my resume and all the stuff that I do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have help. Don't think I'm this super person. I'm not perfect. I'm not this super person. I like to take a nap. But I also know who I am. And I think a lot of people don't. Sometimes it's scary to know themselves that well. So... Yeah, like I'm totally with you. Like understand your capacity and also respect your body and know that we're all different. I think that people don't spend enough time defining their differentiation. So they think that they're comparing apples and apples, especially when they're looking at social media and different things. But it's like, no, that's not even a fruit. That's that's a tree and in your your grapes, like that's or your pineapple. Like it's just it's just it's not the same things and it requires Self-awareness, definitely. It's a whole nother let. It's like not lying to yourself about what you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yourself. There you go. 
not lying to yourself. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to tell you guys about our new partnership with Aspire Ship. So for those of you who want a new career in SaaS, software as a service, the whole tech boom that we're experiencing right now, most of it is software as a service. For those that may be interested in transitioning out of their existing careers into a customer success role or a tech sales role, this is why this partnership is so important and so exciting. So if you'd like to find out more about it, give it a shot. Go to aspireship.com forward slash TPM focus. And that's spelled A-S-P-I-R-E-S-H-I-P.com forward slash TPM focus. You're a very interesting person. I want people to know how they can best connect with you, listen to your podcast, or engage with you, period, if they'd like to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm an introvert who loves meeting people. So, yeah, mm-hmm. do not hesitate to reach out. If you have nothing to say, if you just want to be like, hey, I heard you on Monique's show. I'll be like, hey, thanks for listening. So, uh, you can find the show Boss Locks wherever you're listening to this show. We're there. If we're not, then you can hit me up on Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm super active on LinkedIn. Just search Walter Gaynor the second and be like, yo, why are you, is your show does not exist on this listening platform. I'm trying to listen, but you're hiding from me. So search me up, hit me up. The show, because of capacity, actually, I stopped producing it or publishing episodes, but we're getting ready to bring it back. It's like after a year of You took a little hiatus. Oh, I took a hiatus. I was actually also part of like a accelerator program as well. So I was just doing stuff, but I took up on LinkedIn, actually. It was this whole creative thing. It was really cool. But that kind of taught me even more about producing efficiently without burning out too. I'm not letting you off the <laughs> podcast today without sharing ways to podcast without burning out. Share at least a few points with um, the audience. Absolutely. I'll kind of share a few things that kind of changed my perspective on producing content. And okay. during the program, we were supposed to post at least four times a week, four different unique pieces of content every week. And one of them had to be video. At first I was like, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's going to take a lot of work. I was actually stressing out about it. I was worried when it first started. I was like, oh, why did I sign up for this program? What am I doing? But throughout the program, I was, they kind of helped me just realize how to create content, sh- like shorter content and create it quicker, finding that templated approach, not necessarily templates you copy and paste, but kind of create the system within just mentally so you could get into the creation mode. And then after I was doing it, I think about two weeks in, it started to become kind of habitual. Like I'd wake up in the morning, I'd see something on the news and like, boom, I just created like three pieces of content within like two hours and just posted one. Didn't just post it all, but just posted one. So for podcasters, like how I've kind of taken that mindset and brought it over to podcasting is just thinking solely heavily on the direct message I want to share and not even trying to meet any time commitment, but just focusing on that message. And if I do want to bring guests in, it's only if it kind of aligns with that message or at least question that I want to figure out. So really focusing on the story and getting into that mode, getting out of the mindset of weekly, just creating the content and I can decide when it's going to be released. They're probably keep going. But yeah, those two, I think, are the most important. As a podcast producer, 
you definitely have a different perspective on that because we produce our own podcast internally, but for a short amount of time, we hired someone while we had other organizational things happening internally. So it was just easier to have someone else do it. And I realized with most of the companies, they they want to have you on this cadence Monday at 6 a.m. every episode. And I'm like, my audience really don't care when I release. <laughs> like, they're just checking to see, hey, Monique's talking anything crazy on there this week. Let me see what she's talking about. Or who does she have on this week? And I'll get messages from people. It's like, oh, that episode XYZ. I was like, I was like, oh, okay. That was three months ago. And I'm just now getting a message about it. You see what I'm saying? So this whole pumping out so many episodes that you don't even realize who you haven't even distributed them enough for people to really absorb everything. So I don't know. I'm just not, I never, I just can't buy into what well, everyone is expecting something to be there every Monday at 6 a.m. I just don't buy it. And I'm subscribed to plenty of podcasts. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have two podcasts where like, if they don't release at a certain time, I'm like, yo, what's going on? But that's two out of the others I listen to. I learned that I didn't, I missed my release schedule and it went a lot longer than I expected without releasing an episode. And I went, ended up publishing an episode like two months like a two, after a two-month gap, and I had the same download numbers without doing anything on social media. I realized, oh, okay, so I'm getting the same numbers as before, basically, without even doing the most. So <laughs> let me actually rethink my approach to just heavy promotion, to release schedule, like you mentioned, because, you know, when it comes to podcasting, these shows should live forever, except for, like, if you're, like, super trending topic news that's the only case where i could be like okay yeah you definitely want to kind of keep up and everything but outside of that you know, our shows like the show you dropped today should be just as relevant and impactful as the show three months ago and you should also talk about the episode that was published mm -hmm. three months ago just as much as you talk about the episode you published today i know everyone has their philosophies and right. i appreciate you sharing <laughs> Sharing yours because it's insightful, especially when you talked about how you came to the realization of different things so that you don't experience burnout. And that's important to, to share with folks because everyone thinks everybody else is a Superman or Superwoman because they're comparing themselves like, wait, how this person got 15 video clips all week and throwing out podcast episodes twice a week and like, you don't know what their stack is. That's I mentioned that quite exactly. often on this podcast. Yeah. So, their help, their support, their systems. Exactly. You don't know. Stack as well when it comes to money, <laughs> their technology stacks. Mm -hmm. Like stack is like the resource stack. Like everybody has different stacks. So people have to stop really comparing themselves to other people. But Walter, I have already like we've already went over time, but I don't care <laughs> because I was talking it was almost like you and I were in person just talking. I was talking, you was talking. We we can go on and on, but I look forward to being on your podcast in the future. And thank you for coming on and sharing just your yourself with the audience, right? Just being yourself. A lot of people don't really do that. They'd be so afraid of just kind of saying what they think about things that you don't really get the real person. So I appreciate you just being transparent and being yourself today. Thank you. I want to thank you because you create this really welcoming environment for me to be myself. And that's, it's like, it's a very unique environment compared to other shows I've been on. So I appreciate who you are as a person, how you create this show as a host 
and also shout out to like everyone listening in for listening for this long. So now I just appreciate that this exists and that you're doing this and you invited me to it. Yay. Thank you, Walter. All right, everyone. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions for me that you'd like me to answer during the show, feel free to text me. Yes, text me at 470-400-8008. And that's 470-400-8008. And I'll answer it on the show.